Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Alex and Nika are young and in love, engaged to be married. The summer before their wedding, they are backpacking in the Caucasus Mountains in Georgia, which is in the Central Asia. The couple um, hire a local guide to lead them on a camping trek. The three of them set off in a, st- in a stunning wilderness, a landscape that is both overwhelmingly open and frighteningly closed. And then in a momentary misstep, a gesture that takes only a couple of seconds, a gesture that will almost over before it begins, their relationship changes maybe forever. We're joined today by the director of The Loneliest Planet, Julia Loktev. Julia, welcome to Film School. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I wanted to let people know uh, just uh, right at the top that uh, you're also responsible for um, one of my favorite films, uh, Day Night, Day Night. And uh, this is is your second narrative? It's my second narrative film. It's my third feature. My first was a documentary. Yep. That's right. Thank you for having me. Thanks for saying that. Oh, yes. Well, uh, well, well, tell me a little bit about the genesis of the story for The Loneliest Planet, how it came about. I had been invited to a film festival in Georgia, and uh, coincidentally, my boyfriend at the time was planning a trip bicycling across all of Georgia and Armenia. So we went together for a week. During that week, we broke up. Nothing very exciting happened to us, I must admit. Nothing mm-hmm. like what happens in the film happened to us. Mm-hmm. But somehow being there traveling, I remembered the short story that I had read a while back by uh, an author named Tom Bissell, who's an essayist and a fiction writer. And it was a story called Expensive Trips Nowhere. And being in the space of traveling really called it back to mind. There's a central incident at the core of the story, this turning point, that was so provocative to me. Um, it was such a strong moment, and I started to think, what would happen if I tried to make this into a movie? Yeah. Okay. And so from there, you started to work on a script, and then you... what? Basically, at what point did you say, I've got enough here... Uh, I, I'm ready to go and look for money or look for a cast. Uh, was it? Was it that? It's a gra- it was. Go ahead. No, it's a gradual process. I mean, certainly the process for money, looking for money, was a much too gradual process, I must say. <laughs> but I started fleshing it out. I brought in a lot of things that I knew from traveling a lot. Uh, for example, I spent after college, I spent five months backing, backpacking across Central Asia, which technically the Georgians should probably would be happy if I corrected that Georgia is not part of Central Asia. It's right next to Central Asia, okay. but the Caucasus are just close to, but okay. different. But um, I brought in experiences that I'd had as a traveler. It was a very familiar space to me, fleshed it out also based on the specific locations that we found in Georgia. I tend to write in a lot of details that I see around me, or for example, if we're scouting locations, we had a guide and I would just kind of follow him around and write down his off-color jokes. Okay, okay. Well, and in the film, it's it's a a beautiful location. Um, uh, I read somewhere the description of the mountains is, I, they're they're beautiful and sort of this lushness to them, but they're also kind of barren. So you have all, and so I think that for me, watching the film, the film 
the setting is is another character in 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 this film, along with uh, the characters of Alex and Nika, as well as I want to make sure I get his say his name correctly. The the guide. Um, oh, it's a hard one. <laughs> yes. Well, he, in his Dato is his name in the film, but Ben 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 Thank you. Uh, I, I'm eternally grateful. <laughs> yeah. Georgian names are actually they're phonetic, but they're very very long. Um, yes, and and I he's a very important character. Uh, now the the parts uh, are play. Alex is played by Gael um, Garcia Bernal, and um, we are f- more familiar with his work than Hani Furstenberg's uh, is necessarily we as an American audience. But uh, uh, all of these people are very very compelling characters. Um, did you have anyone in? Did you have Gael in mind when you wrote the, the the story, or did you have anyone in mind when you were writing the story? As far as who you got, he came to mind fairly quickly okay. after I had the scripts. You know, um, he seemed to have just the right combination of a kind of sense of humor and an easy masculinity, and he's very affable, very attractive, and appealing, and has a a sense of very good sense of himself. And also he's an incredible physical actor, which is what drew me to him, is I wanted someone who could work with silence, who could work with their body, with their face, gestures. Now, how how did you find um, Honey? I happened upon her um, really while looking through a couple of Israeli films. And it took me a while. I saw her in two different films, Joseph Cedar's first, uh, no, I think it's the second film, uh, Campfire, and this film, Yossi and Jagger. And I actually, it took me a while to realize it was the same person because she really, really transforms physically in these roles. And she's also just amazing, amazing, amazing. So. She's very and then it was a matter of how they fit together. That's the most important part right. is the chemistry between them, and yeah. that's what really matters. Now the uh, the Dado has quite an well. I'm just going to call him Bazina uh, as <laughs> has quite a backstory himself. He's the guide who takes them through the mountains uh, on their trip. Uh, he has a remarkable backstory himself, doesn't he? Yeah, Bidzina, you mean yes. the, the yeah. person playing Dato. Yes. Bidzina is not an actor. He never wanted to act. He is Georgia's top mountaineer. He's climbed 8,000-meter peaks all over the world. He's climbed uh, Everest twice, summited El Capitan in Yosemite, a little closer to um, your neck of the woods. But in the film, he plays a regular trekking guide that the tourists would hire in a small village plaza, a guy who hikes in old suit pants, sneakers, is not kitted out at all. And it's a very different kind of character, but also because Bedzina really knew the mountains. That's his natural habitat. He brought so much to this character, a sense of how to move in the mountains, how to eat, how to walk, how to sleep. Everything about being in the mountains was his own. And and he certainly looks the part but he's also a very natural presence on camera I, I always I attribute some of that to some innate ability but that's you as a filmmaker really framing him and getting him into a particular place where he comes across because he has a couple of scenes where he's acting he's not just walking around with a with a walking stick with these kids behind him he's actually asked to do some Fairly serious acting. Now, in the one particular scene... Well, he has like a seven-minute monologue in the film where we were joking that he turns into Laurence Olivier suddenly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's a, it's a written scene. It's not... His, people think it's his life story. Okay. And it's actually 
it is acting. Well, actually, I was going to ask you that. Is this because it sounds very plausible that that could, but it's not. It's in fact you wrote that up as a uh, independent nope. scene. Written scene, acting. Wow. Good acting. Good acting. Well, good presence, too. And, and um, Well, let's talk a little bit about the story. I also want to get into sort of the logistics of your, you know, the, the getting up in there and the, that amount of, uh, that must have been a, a real endeavor for you. But let's talk about the story here. It's a couple, they're obviously in love. They're um, very playful. The, the first 15 minutes of the film is, it's just a very intimate um, uh, inside look at their relationship. Um Tell me a little bit. Well, obviously, you you recognize that these these two actors had the chemistry, and they really come across very naturally in this film. Uh, any particular direction you gave them, just be themselves, or how how did were you able to get that level? They're great actors, I guess. Well, I give them a lot of direction every single day at yeah. every single scene, but yeah. it's yeah. yeah, it's on a kind of specific basis in that moment. We didn't really rehearse, for example, in a conventional way. Okay. We talked, and then we took a little backpacking trip together. We went up from the village up the mountain, and uh, we went overnight with me, Hani, Gael, and Bidzina, the four of us. And we basically put ourselves in Bidzina's hands. Um, We said, okay, you tell us what food to take, you tell us what to do, you're our guide. And he said, bring a two-person tent, that way you don't have to carry so much. So we ended up sleeping with me, Gael, and Hani in the two-person tent, (laughs) Zena insisted that he would sleep outside under a tarp, and then it started raining really hard, so we had to lure Zena into the tent <laughs> with us, and we ended up with four of us in this two-person tent. So I guess that was our rehearsal. There you go. Uh, what better way to get uh, acquainted than uh, four people in a two-man tent? So uh, now the story itself, as I said, it sort of unfolds that they're uh, on this trek. These couple American kids I, uh, on this trek through the through the mountains. Um, and this is where it gets a little dicey for me as an interviewer. There is, uh, they're confronted with a situation, and this situation has a dramatic impact by the actions on one of the pre- people's parts. Uh, how do I say this? That really does ripple across their entire relationship. Now, the reactions, uh, I want to, uh, because I don't want to talk about what actually happens, I want to talk to you about the reactions to your film because it involves a man and a woman and, and particular roles that we assume uh, masculine and feminine people play with one another are in, in, in play. Um, tell me what the reaction has been to your film, specifically in reaction to this part of the film. Well, it is a really hard film to talk about. Yes, before. it is. I've actually <laughs> appreciated the journalists have been so delicate, but it actually it makes it hard because the things you really want to be talking after about after seeing the movie, you kind of can't talk about before without it spoiling things yeah. for other people who haven't seen it. So it makes it kind of hard to talk about. But yeah, it is it is a movie where you're kind of thrown off your feet, and the characters are thrown off their feet, and it calls into questions. These ideas that we have about men, about women now, I think, for example, um, it's very hard for most, you know, North American, European men to figure out how to be a man now. In Georgia, it's still very, very clear what a man is, Mm -hmm. you know, and what the expectations of a man are. Here, it's a little bit different, and uh, what happens in the film is a kind of test of manhood, let's say, in a kind of more conventional, reductive way. 
and people don't know how they feel about it. I, I get very different reactions to it. It's this thing that happens that really tests the couple's relationship. And there are people who feel like, look, that's it. It's over. This is a drastic thing that nobody could ever possibly recover from in their relationship. And then I have other people that have come out of the film and they'll say, I don't understand why that was a big deal. And I find that reaction actually shocking. I think for a lot of women, it would be hard to say that that's not a big deal. Um, but, you know, I've had somebody, somebody wrote, I think recently, yes, that this might be a funny story to tell at their wedding, whereas most people think, wow, this would be really devastating to a relationship. Uh, yes. Well, yeah. And it says more about them than the film in some ways. It's like, I, I hate to use the word litmus test because there's no right or wrong answer in that sense, but, um, it just brings out very personal feelings in people, I think. We're speaking with uh, the director of The Loneliest Planet, uh, Julia Lochtev. The uh, the film, it comes out today here in Los Angeles, um, and I'll talk about where it's playing here. Are you in town by any chance? I should have asked you before. Are, are no, you going to be I'm in here any... looking at the Manhattan and Brooklyn Bridge ah. out my window in Brooklyn. Because of late, with a lot of... A lot of directors are, are, are for screenings. They'll, they'll be in town for screenings. I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss that you were going to... Okay, no problem. <laughs> that would be great if I could. I was, I was there for the AFI Festival, and then, yeah, and I actually was there for about a month because I was, did all the sound design for the film in L.A., so oh. I spent some time there. Well, you're very... Listening to your show, in fact. I remember listening to it while driving. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, well, you, you're very involved in your films, Um I don't remember all the roles you took on for Day Night, Day Night, but you here are a writer. You're also involved in the editing of it, obviously director, but um, some directors don't. Some people will say the editors, I, you know, leave it to them and, and we consult, obviously, but you're involved. How in the day, you and Michael Taylor in editing the film, is that helpful? Yeah, and I was, the, it, it, yeah, even in, you know, the sound design, which most people don't get involved in, like I was there for the entire sound edits right. in L.A. Right. Does 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 it surprise you, or or does the story change? Well, when you're working with another editor, do you find that he often has uh, sort of a perspective on the story? That well, I I think I'm asking an obvious question here. Obviously, he's going to have a perspective on the story and the editing of it. But did did the story change appreciably from what you wrote as opposed to what ended up on the screen in terms of? the editing of it? Mm -hmm. I think it always changes. I mean, yeah. it's changing as I'm shooting. Yeah. There is a basic structure to this story, and kind of the core of it is almost unchangeable. That's right. the tragedy of it. In a sense, that's the tragedy of the film, is this unchangeable center of it. But the details around it certainly evolve on set and, you know, in the process of editing. I think I always think that editing is a form of writing and we mm -hmm. work on that together michael and i edit together but he's also on set with me oh, so okay. in a way we start thinking together as we're on the set and you're constantly rewriting i would say you're writing up until the moment the film is color graded because yeah. even with that you can bring out certain details you can shift you know where does writing end and something else begins it's all part of the same process i think well just to kind of delve a little bit into, because this is film school and we have filmmakers listening, as you know, filmmakers listening to uh, the show. Is it, how difficult, now the success of Day Night, Day Night was, did very well on the film festival circuit to wide acclaim, justifiably. Um, does that make 
the next film easier, a lot easier? How does it? How is the progression from day night day night to uh, the loneliest planet been for you in terms of your ability to go out and make the film that you want to make? I suppose it would make it, it made it easier than if I'd made nothing. Yeah, but uh, it sure as heck didn't make it easy. I gotta say, yeah. you know, it's still very very difficult, you know, to raise money. And we went through a long process with this film, where people ask me, you know, why did it take you so long to make this movie? And I say, well, I thought of this movie, you know, in the fall of two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. You know, it took us three years to shoot in the summer of two thousand ten. Then by the time you finish, and then it's this long process. So it's very hard to get the money. And in fact, we were supposed to shoot it one year earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, And because it's a film that's shot in the mountains, um, it can only really be shot. You you can't shoot camping in the mountains in December. There's snow. Um, So we had this window of opportunity between May and September, and we wanted to shoot it the previous summer. We still needed money. A Chinese investor came in and said, listen, if you move it to China, (laughs) <laughs> I'll give you the rest of the money. Uh-huh. So I took, you know, I think with two days' notice, took a flight to China, ended up then taking a flight to Xinjiang, which is in the Muslim region of China, um, close to Pakistan, Kyrgyzstan, mm. um, and started scouting there. Was, we were going to film it there. We're going to move it there. We wrote the script for China very quickly for this particular region. Yeah. And then they had riots two weeks after I left. <laughs> so they closed the province. <laughs> Cut off internet access, phone access. No. Um, two weeks after I'd scouted in Georgia that they'd had the five-day war with Russia. So oh apparently my. I am not very good luck, I'm sorry to say. But thankfully, you know, yeah. what happened in the end was that we the, it just became a disaster. We had to pull the plug two weeks before the shoot. Oh, my God. Ended up mo- waiting a year, came back to Brooklyn thinking I was going to be making a movie, completely devastated, thinking now I have no idea if this movie is ever going to be made. I certainly have to wait till at least the following summer to make it. Um, so that was really hard. But in the end, it came back to Georgia, which by that time was very peaceful, thankfully. Um, and things have worked out. Well, I've, obviously you had the, uh, the cooperation or the collaboration with Gael and Hani uh, to certainly making sure i mean having lining up their schedules so that the, so that they obviously could be there as well that must have been logistically a, just a very difficult process so and it was amazing that they stuck with the project because they were already cast they were ready you know we had their tickets to china well, and um you know they had to wait an entire year to make the film but they came back and of course then we once we were shooting in georgia we found Benzina and it all came together great yeah. how it was meant to be i think so i think i think you're right and, I, and i'll just say uh give yourself some credit here your uh your filmmaking is just superb i i can't imagine that they wouldn't want to continue to work with you in in, in this in this capacity it's uh it's a great film i really enjoyed this a lot um the uh just the story itself the the just the the acting i thought honey's uh in her both Gail and and their reaction to what we will not talk about in the film um, was just just remarkably well done. Um, and I know the logistics of this film must have just been when you were out in the middle of nowhere. Um, it looked like, um, but anyway, t- just their their reactions um, were just wonderful. Just getting superb performances out of them. Um, my congratulations to you. Thank you. And if they, we just today, they just put up a little tiny, like four minute making of featurette, which you see the logistics of. You can find it online, I think, on the Apple website. But it's quite funny because we're shooting, and at some point, a herd of cows actually comes <laughs> through the set. So, 
Well, 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 uh, I, I, well, I want to let people know again, it's opening here in Los Angeles today. Um, and we'll talk again in just a second. We'll talk about where it's playing. Um, but, um, I just, uh, can't wait for your next film. Um, are you working on anything now or? Starting in a murky kind of way. Okay. All right. Well, please continue to make movies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thank you, and I hope it won't take as long this time, but we'll see. And thank uh, you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Thank the, you. The pleasure is mine, and uh, the filmmaker is Julie Loktev. The film is The Loneliest Planet, uh, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.